from around the world and looking over your shoulder at the ATM. This is Paranormal One. again with another episode of paranormal one thanks everybody for coming back and listening i'm mike grasso here along with steve bartell and josiah lee henson hey guys hello hi mike great to finally see you guys again we kind of uh lost our momentum for a little while um we were sort of just when we started this it was sort of like well let's get together whenever we can get together and to do it and sometimes there'd be a big gap in between shows but uh, a while ago we were like hey let's make a plan of hitting it every two weeks and if we meet more often then we can get some recorded and then we can take like a month off and well I, I guess we took the month off without having the stuff <laughs> recorded to play uh, you know th- things just kind of happened and it was it was tough to get together for a while but hey we're back here now good to see you guys again so you too good to see you yeah thanks so yeah good to get rolling uh so what's new and exciting in your neck of the woods um we we had a uh, offer from dan norvell and larry to uh do some filming with them um these are guys that do the uh, dan norvell project and they've also got a um it's kind of like a show on a on a platform called Paraflix, and the show is called Expedition Entity, and they mm-hmm. go around and do investigations locally, and um, they did an investigation at Conover Square, so Steve and I uh, were involved in that, and then also they asked us to be kind of like narrators at the end of their season to kind of talk about recaps of different things that have happened, so we agreed to that, and then they asked Steve and I if we'd like to join them in the next season as investigators on the show. Um, and Steve and I talked about it and thought it's worth giving it a shot, you know, getting out there and trying it. So yeah, I guess that's kind of new on our end. Very cool. Yeah. It's definitely interesting seeing the, uh, seeing the filming aspect and the production value that goes into it and everything. A lot of repositioning cameras, checking lighting, (laughs) you know, saying you're, you know, it's impromptu, but still having to say it two or three times because the one time you looked right at the camera or, yeah. <laughs> or you didn't speak from a, from an outgoing breath. And yep, it was definitely interesting. And, and just on a side note, and, and we can maybe play this offline later, but as we were filming in the museum here at Conover, we heard a dog whining, hmm. like, like, coming from like the floor right between the the cameras and where Larry was set up and where the three of us were standing being filmed. And uh, they actually sent us a clip of it and you can sure enough, you can hear the, the whining of the dog. She's, I mean, like a dog bark, you could say, okay, that's coming from outside outside or something, but but a whine doesn't quite carry like a bark would. No. And it was loud and plain as day. And literally between, you know, we're 10 feet away from each other and it was right there. Wow. Yep. We tried we tried to we tried to debunk it, step on the floorboards. Oh, it must have been caused by something natural and no, it wasn't. That's actually going to tie in with something later on. Uh-huh. Cool. Uh, Segue. <laughs> hey. Foreshadowing. 
<laughs> yes, there. <laughs> nice, nice. So, um, Halloween coming up. Do you have anything that might be going on? You know, we uh, we are trying to secure a public event for Conover. You know, maybe we, we did an event three or four years ago that was just an absolute blast, and we <laughs> it was catered with food, and we had you know we had an awesome gingerbread haunted house and gave away a bunch of prizes and things and and t-shirts it was a blast so we're gonna try and line up something like that cool uh, otherwise nice. otherwise we, we did stronghold castle last year and we're planning on it this year but it looks like it may not happen mm. and how, how about you mike what do you guys have going on I, you know what actually i uh last weekend i looked at a place that could be a possibility for it would be earlier in october uh whatever there's a saturday in there somewhere i don't know it's like the 20s oh heck that's like two weeks yeah i better get my act together um i'm like oh my gosh i can't yeah. autumn okay, maybe this won't is, happen autumn on parade is this weekend already oh my gosh yep. yeah so maybe this won't happen but maybe it will but i i looked at this location and um the building used to be a uh funeral home yeah so it's really cool it's like really skinny but really long and there's a big uh like a a basement or a a garage in the back and then you go into the basement and they have the embalming room there they still have a gurney that was used um in in in, when it was the, the funeral home and um so I, I don't know. We'll we'll see how it works out. The I, I talked to the guy that owns the place, and he actually lived in the building. Because like a lot of the funeral homes, like they'll, there'll be a living quarters on the second floor. And he said that he you okay there. Yeah, sorry, I okay. got a bit of a bit of a cold. <laughs> okay, um, but uh, he he said that um, like one of these deals like out of the corner of his eye once in a while he thought he saw something here or there but it could have just been you know oh it's a trick of the light it's this or that but he's a pretty down-to-earth guy and he wasn't going to go out and make any crazy claims so he's uh um you know didn't have <laughs> just in case anybody's wondering steve is fine <laughs> he's losing a battle with his chair but he'll be okay um but uh yeah so what we're, we're gonna see it's got lots of space for uh for an event and to be able to set up and spread some folks out so we'll, we'll see how it works if it works out great if it doesn't uh work out for them you know maybe somewhere down the line we can we can make it work Whew. Speaking of making it work, that looks like it was a lot of work for Steve. Just is he okay? Yeah, I think he's okay. He uh, just, just okay. had a bit of a coughing fit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I just felt <clears throat> an extreme tickle in my throat, and I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna walk out in the ca- hallway and cough a few times and come back in. And instead, I tripped over my cord and yanked the shit out of everything. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully, you'll cut this out of the recording, Mike. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> He, Talk he, about an exit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just kept talking through it, so we may have to leave it in. I don't know. It, it'll we'll, we'll put this in the highlight reel for the uh, tenth the anniversary show. There we go. <laughs> yeah. 
<sighs> so anyway, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll see if the location works out and if the timing works out. I, again, I'm, I'm looking at the date and I'm like, oops. Yep. I may be missing my window here, but um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. It really crept so up on us this year. Uh, yeah. It has. Yeah. Now, uh, on, on a positive note, though, we do have... Um, and uh, we, we've lined up a guest to interview for Halloween. So uh, it's 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 somebody who's going to fit into that day really well. So we'll um, as, as the time comes, we'll have that interview, and I, I think it's going to be really cool. I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, from from what you've told us, I'm excited about it too. Yeah, it'll be great. Yeah, so, ooh, spooky, everybody, stay tuned. It's definitely going to be worth the wait. So, uh, do you guys have anything else going on right now, or are we kind of caught up with... Seems like we haven't talked in, like, three months, but... That's what it feels like. So, (laughs) in two weeks from last night, um, Midwest Ghost Society is going to come in and investigate. Ah, It's been two years or so since they've been here, so... I thought they were there a few weeks ago. No, no, no. That was uh, the Crypt Northern Illinois Crypto Research Society. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. But now MGS gotcha. is coming two weeks. So yeah, that'll be fun. Okay. Yeah, I you know obviously there's some there's some overlap with members and former members of the two, and I in my head I get them mixed up because it's not the the group anymore. It's the people. Right. Right yeah. <laughs> in my mind, it's no, like completely understand. I don't, I don't like labels, man. You know, it's like they're <laughs> just the people. So okay, yeah, boy, it's been that long since they've been out. Yeah, it's it's been since since before COVID, well before COVID. So okay, yeah, the, the Some, first group to investigate the building. Exactly, and they've been out there a lot. Some of the members are still in the in the group from way back then as well. Yeah, that, that, that's been quite a while. Well, think about it. That's been, that was what, in 2012, I think. We're all first getting time very close out. to the 10-year anniversary. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> and that's, also, I mean, also the same year that the, the Ghost Tour started. So, yep. you know, that's coming up on, that's been nine years coming up on 10. Jeez. Close enough to 10. Yeah. So, holy cow. Something else kind of noteworthy, it's interesting to talk about. Um, so, Rock River Area Paranormal Society recently went out to uh, Willow Creek Farms, and oh. I believe we were probably one of the last because he just made an announcement that after 14 years of um, opening his doors that he's no longer going to allow tours or investigators or anything like that. Really? Yep. Only select people, it sounds like, or select groups, and it sounds like it's going to be a pretty short list. Wow. Yep. So that was kind of, it was out of the blue. Hmm. Was there a particular reason for that? You know, I didn't, I didn't gather any, Steve. Did you happen to pick up on anything that I didn't? Well, the one thing I did pick up is uh, from his tone, he was basically saying that he no longer wants his house to be, you know, open for visitors because, you know, he doesn't allow investigating. And uh, it, it seemed like he had, somebody must have pissed him off because uh he was he also said from now on i'm only going to let a very select few people come out here wow. uh, trusted people people who have or people who have read the works of and he named 
you know, six specific authors. He says people who are familiar with that IONS group that I was talking about and a few other things. Mm. So he's basically saying he doesn't want the Ghost Adventures watchers to come up there to his house and assume that that's what's going to be able to happen there. He wants wants more of like the afterlife community to, uh, you know, that's who he's going to allow to okay. come in there, you know. Hey, it, it's his house. Absolutely. Amen. You, you, know? you know, it's not a garage or a shed or a warehouse. It's his house. Yep. And I'm assuming someone probably got belligerent about that, you know, and that's mm-hmm. so he's like, all right, we're done. We're done here. I, I don't blame him. Nope. You know, <laughs> Me and you know what? And I'll say too, you know, firsthand, and I'm sure you guys too, you know, after you've been doing this for a while your attitudes and expectations and tolerance changes oh for sure Uh, so yeah again it's it's his it's his house yeah so you know good for him uh for standing his ground here and making a call that's going to be you know his uh i mean i don't know i don't know what to say but just hey good for him I, i i support the decision whatever it is and I'm sure he's got a good reason for it. Yes, sir. Yep. So, I mean, the, cool. the, it's a special place, you know, and let, like we said in the last episode we recorded, you know, I I, mm-hmm. I went out there and just sat down and chatted with him most of the night and kind of hung out. I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even really, I stepped foot in the, in the house maybe once or twice and that was pretty brief. Just to go through his drawers and see <laughs> what he had in there. Yep. D- d- does he... No, I, again, I, I, knowing him for years and I never made it out there, does he allow you into like every area of the house, like his personal bedroom and stuff like that? Or does he have a couple areas where you can't go? I, I believe it's all completely open. Yeah. Initially okay. on our first visit, it was more like uh, we, none of us went upstairs. We just all hung out in the the living room area and some of the side rooms. But this time he's... He says, well, you guys got the run of the place, you know, the basement's unlocked or you can go upstairs to any of the rooms. And so people Hmm. explored, you know. Okay. Wow. I mean, when you're going to allow people access like that into your personal living areas, um, you'd you'd expect a certain level of respect. So I think if somebody abused that, I'm sure it has been abused many times. Oh, yeah, definitely. Probably more than he or anybody knows. Um, So... You know what? When, when it's your house, you're doing this at. Yeah, take look out for yourself. This is. I mean, it's unfortunate it came to it, but yeah, I, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I consider ourselves lucky that we were able to get out there a couple times, and you know, everybody yeah. else I'm sure does as well. Yeah, it's a really interesting place. Yes, sir. All right, paranormal news you can use. So. Uh, you know, he still has the Facebook page, so he can keep following on that. But I know he hasn't been updating that like he used to, though. Yeah, I think he, you know, like you were saying, I, I believe he's kind of maybe getting to that point where it's time to recoil a little bit, maybe recharge his batteries and see what happens. Yeah, I'm, I, I understand. <laughs> I'm with him. All right, well, are we ready to uh, take the next step here and get into our our things sounds good our our stories let's do it <laughs> like grandma sign for grandma's stories <laughs> i want to watch sesame street there's, no, there's one tv in the house and grandma's stories are on okay got the wheel going 
It looks like a Josiah. <laughs> All right, cool. All right. All right. Um, so my topic tonight is pretty much based on the observation that we are now into fall season officially. I think it was September 22nd, mm-hmm. uh, the official start of fall. And I kind of looked around around my surroundings looking for inspiration, and I stumbled across dun, 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 scarecrows. Um, oh, you know, it's so, so prevalent in everything, Halloween, everything fall. Some of them are spooky. Some of them are cute. You know, some of them are artsy. Some of them are actually, actually functional. Um, so I want to know a little bit more about scarecrows and I stumbled across a website by a lady named Kathy Warns and she wrote, um, the, the history of scarecrows. So I'm going to be doing some <laughs> plagiarizing here and just kind of reading off the, the article. Uh, I found it really interesting. Um, you, you, you just gave her credit for it. So you're okay. Yes, absolutely. I, I yes. wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> <laughs> um, so believe it or not, scarecrows have been around for thousands of years. Um, the very first written account of a scarecrow was in the Egyptian times, and uh, hmm. they were used to protect their wheat fields along the Nile River. Um, I guess the wheat fields would be barraged by uh, hordes of quail. And what they did, they developed this net-type frame. It was like a frame with a net wrapped around it that would entice the, the quail as if they were coming down onto the onto the um, actual harvest, but instead they would go into this net and get stuck, and then it, I guess they ate them. You know, the, they'd take them home and eat them for dinner. The quails, so it was like a double, you know, you know double double edged thing. There, they didn't get their wheat torn up, and they got to eat quail for dinner. So <laughs> it's kind of neat. Um, so it's, it also says that uh, Greek farmers in 2500 BC would carve uh, wooden scarecrows to look like Priapus, the son of the god Dionysus, and then uh, the goddess Aphrodite, who was supposedly so ugly that she would scare birds away from all the vineyards and ensure a good harvest. So that was kind of neat. And it says they painted the wooden scarecrows purple and put a club in one hand to scare the birds away. And then they'd also have some that would have sickles in their hands. And it was, of course, intended to have a good, plentiful harvest. Hmm. Um, So the Romans uh, copied the Greek and... uh, the um i guess when they were marching across europe they introduced the scarecrows to everybody there and uh people began to you know start using them and just to protect their flocks and simultaneously uh the japanese farmers made scarecrows to protect their rice fields and it says that they were called kakashis and they were they were more the kakashis were more actually shaped like people and they would dress them up um the one that they noted was in a book written in 712 one of the earliest japanese books ever uh and they discussed this scarecrow and his name is kubiko and uh he appears as a deity who the scarecrow can't walk according to the book, but he knows Hmm. everything about the world. Um, so he must've had a lot of people whispering in his ear, telling him things about the world. But, um, Hmm. so it also goes into Germany. Uh, scarecrows were like, they were wooden and they were also shaped like witches. And this is what I found to be kind of interesting. Um, they were, 
they would actually shape them like witches. And I guess the whole idea of it would be that it would number one, scare the birds, but also whatever, whatever it was that would, the, the witch would bring haste in spring. So it would, it would not only scare the birds away, but it would somehow make the, make the spring come quicker or according to them, that's what would happen. Um, this one was really neat in medieval Britain. Uh, they would employ young children as actual scarecrows so they would give them you know two (laughs) rocks to clang together or you know sticks to smack or you know they just tell them go around screaming you know the whole day these kids would be out there doing this to ward off birds so that explains um, what's going on in my neighborhood exactly those are scarecrow children okay so avoid them at all costs because they might try to kill you but they're uh, working on it they're they're working on it they really are this is kind of sad because it says that the the children were used for these scarecrows for quite a while and then all of a sudden the plague came along and like wiped everybody out so they're like hey i think we're gonna need kids for other things now so they pulled the kids away and quit using them as scarecrows and then they started stuffing you know like what we kind of know today more as like a scarecrow like old clothing with straw and everything in there and but but the bird survived so who really yeah (laughs) that's right yep who really won that one um it goes on to talk about scarecrows in the united states and it says uh immigrant german farmers made human looking scarecrows called bootsaman which later changed into gotta catch them all what would bootsaman what does it kind of sound like pokemon close boogeyman oh okay yeah it, it says that they were um they were dressed in old tattered clothes with a red handkerchief around their necks um oftentimes sitting out in the field they'd have this weathered look to them that made them look really creepy although it nece- you know wasn't necessarily the intention but it just ended up looking like a creepy old scarecrow uh native american tribes also had what they called bird scarers um and it sounds like they were <laughs> actual men adult men that would you know sit inside these huts and uh scare the scare the birds away throughout the growing season Um, that's like half a step away from the kid shooting rats at the dump with a pellet gun yeah (laughs) exactly yeah Yeah, it's like i wonder if that was a good job back then or that was kind of frowned down upon probably be a fun job maybe yeah yeah (laughs) just get a drink and then, like, every couple minutes, I like, step outside and yell at the birds. So a pocket full of rocks, you know. Well, it's funny you say that, Steve. We're kind of we're leading down that road here. Um, Twice I've foreshadowed tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so where are we at here? Okay, so here we go. So um, even today, in some parts of India, they hire old men to sit in the field with a bucket full of rocks to whip at the birds. <laughs> so, so you were nice. pretty much right on. Nice. Um, All right, boys, we're moving to India. Yep. <laughs> so what do you do? Well, I throw rocks at skirt. I throw rocks at birds. Um, if you could make a serious love, you could make a living at that. Yeah. It's kind of cool. So that's, that's better than a greeter at Walmart. Yeah, heck yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you know, just you think about how money many times after you retire. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Um, so it kind of goes on to say that the scarecrow being used, you know, as a real scarecrow, kind of fell off after World War II once they started developing these chemicals that would ward off the the 
insects and the the birds even so that's when it started becoming more of just like uh you know something we use as a decoration or you know whatever it may be but there are there are still some farmers that use them um they have new new things now where they have reflective ribbon that they'll tie to certain plants and apparently it creates some kind Mm. of a shimmer and uh, it really bothers the birds or bothers the animals and they've also got uh, noise guns that are powered Mm -hmm. by propane gas so it pretty much the same thing it scares those yeah Mm -hmm. i've never seen those mike what what exactly is it well i've seen like airports will do stuff like that too okay like set off the like a like a blast of air Gotcha. Or a horn or siren or something like that to scare the birds away. I, I've seen, uh, like, there's one at DQ here. Sometimes they'll put up a giant, like, plastic owl. Yes. And the owls are meant to scare away the other birds that would normally and their nest heads there move, and don't they? Well, these don't. Or the one that I saw don't, but I'm sure okay. they have those. Yeah. And, th- and then at my at my old employer, they used to have these uh, coyote or dog-looking silhouettes on springs mm. that would huh. rotate and they'd set those all over out around the parking lot because it scared the geese away wow huh. yeah. that's interesting was, yep. i hate hate those geese <laughs> i worked at this big office building cool. in the suburbs and there was just like green turds everywhere oh, you tried to walk down God. the sidewalk yep, and, and just yep. it, and then always it took you 20 extra minutes to get out of the parking lot because they're like walking across like and, what what <laughs> and they're vicious if you get too close oh, to them they'll yeah. start hissing at you yeah. yeah start kind of like moving towards you like they're gonna attack and hissing with that tongue coming out yeah <laughs> yeah but you know the, then you start thinking about I, I was just thinking as i was looking at this article it doesn't really talk about it too much here but even scarecrows in pop culture you know you've got the wizard of oz scarecrow which he was kind of mm-hmm. a nice one then you've got Jeepers Creepers. He he was a scarecrow for part of that. <laughs> Very spooky. Um, scary stories to tell in the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the scarecrow that walks at midnight from Goosebumps. Um, I'm sure there's several other ones, even movies that are probably devoted just to scarecrows. But, you know, I, I think about sometimes, like, I, I think it was the... Uh, Gosh, what was the movie with Johnny Depp and Christina Ricci? The Headless Horseman, the Sleepy Hollow. Oh, yeah. There was one scene back then where, where it's like lit by candlelight and this guy's going through the going through this trail on a horse, a horse driven carriage. And he sees this scarecrow just pops out of nowhere. And it's not like it's alive or anything, but they come upon it. And it's just the thought of that to me is just terrifying to be in a spot where you, you don't know what you're going to come into. There's not a cell phone you can call if you need help. And then there's this creepy ass scarecrow looking at you, you know, and <laughs> that imagery in my head always sticks with me and i just always think about what i would do if i were just roaming around like let's say my grandpa's farm or something and i got kind of off into the distance far away from the house and i i run into one of those things you know it's i don't know it's like i kind of want it to happen but at the same time i don't <laughs> there's there's I, I i was just looking at my schedule to see where I, when i work tomorrow there's a uh, uh uh a stretch of road that somebody has put up next to the road like a stuffed I think it was an orange shirt and it looks like pants, kind okay. of like a scarecrow type of thing. I think they want people to slow down. Oh, okay. Because you catch it out of the corner, you're like, ooh, somebody's standing there. That's smart. I, 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 but but, it ended, but then I really start looking at it. I'm like, this is freaky. What are they doing? So I'm going to try to get a picture of it at some point if I can now that you said this. And, uh, it, it's, it, it's, it's just weird. It's not a Halloween decoration. It, it's definitely, it doesn't seem to be. And it's not okay. one of these memorials along the side because, you know, somebody got killed there. And Are they um, wearing blaze orange like a hunting 
jacket kind of thing or, or it's something like you're like a like a construction worker okay. you see they were they're wearing like all these like sure. neon green and stuff yeah. like that now do, do they um, go out and, uh, now that i say that i'll show a picture of it it's like it'll be like blue but <laughs> do, do they go out and move it around like elf on the shelf every night <laughs> you know what the first couple times i saw it, it did seem to like be in a different really? position Oh, and gosh. I don't know if maybe it just had to settle in or something, but I'm like, are they moving this thing? Uh, but it, I, I'm, I'm thinking it's because it's in this area where it's kind of windy and up and down and there's a lot of Amish there. And so, you know, you got to watch for the buggies and be aware sure. of that stuff, too. So it, 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 it could be that, you know, they're trying to get people to slow down in this area because there might be some slow moving traffic or somebody pulling out of a hidden driveway, something like that. But Or it might just be somebody like, eh, look what I'm going to do. And they stuck it there. And, <laughs> right. And that was it. The, they should have him sticking his thumb out like he's hitchhiking and they get people pulling over for him and be like honking like come on yeah well are you coming or not jerk <laughs> yeah, yeah and there's no head but there are marketing studies done what at the bar you know we're going going through all this different stuff about gaming and how to bring in customers and stuff and there's marketing studies done that sometimes it's more effective cost-wise to hire a human being to stand out with a sign because we're so prone to just like looking at them versus just a static sign uh, if if you're really wanting to get the attention of somebody, give somebody a few dollars, have them stand out there with the sign, like the spinny signs and all that stuff. It, it's pretty interesting. Like, What's that idiot doing? Exactly. Like we yeah. we see the person way quicker than we'd see a sign. So that's what I think. Okay. I think whoever's doing that is smart. Um, like you're saying, Mike, I think it's smart because it probably does cause people to slow down a little bit and think think about their surroundings more. Could be. Cool. Yeah, one of those like those those blow up things where the arms swing around and you flop them from the car lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like twerking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Oh. Well, yeah, that's all I really had. And nice. Yeah, thought I'd share that Certainly with you guys. Fits cool. the season. Yeah, no doubt. I didn't know they put chemicals in stuff to keep crows away, though. Yeah, it says it says that uh, after that's... World War II they would use. Some some sort of a chemical that says chemicals like DDT until uh-huh. scientists uh, discovered the harmful effects. Yeah, that, that's yeah. like I, that, that's like high, high grade eagle. pesticide, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they it, were using it. The runoff pretty, was bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, like it, it. That's what almost drove bald eagles to to extinction. Wow. And then it, it, it once they finally it came you know worked its way out of the the, the ecosystem, then they start now they're coming back. Like they're almost pests in some places. Jeez. There's so many of them. But yeah, for a while, because the DDT, I, I think if I remember right, I was told, this will be my cover when I'm completely wrong, I was told <laughs> that it like made their eggshells really thin. Oh, okay. And so they, they, they had trouble uh, ha- you know, making it, to vi- you know, the viability of them to, to hatch. Wow. Uh, it was because, because of the DDT. But yeah, it took like 30 years for that stuff to cycle out. God dang. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that, yeah, not good. Not good. Yeah, not at all. Not, I mean, not good for crows and eagles or the people eating it. Ugh. All right. Ugh. All right. Well, thanks, Josiah. Absolutely. Well, Steve, you ready? Let's ready to see who goes next. All ready or not, I'm spinning. Okay. <laughs> oh, cool. I like how it eliminates the third person. It's, oh, I guess it's me. You got eliminates it. a third person. Well, it used to have still have all three of our. Oh, names, eliminates. I'm sorry. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I can. I can. Where, where's that's, the? That's neat. Um, there was a way to like once it 
once you spin, you can remove that person. Yeah, because I think we would yeah. sometimes land on that person a second yep. time. Yeah. <coughs> sort of like Greg landing on a person. <laughs> well played, well played. Ooh. People are like, what? It's okay. The, the funny thing is, is I know he'll hear this at some point. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Join our premium club to hear the whole story. So if we ever have a premium club, we'll need to tell that story. Okay. Um, so uh, earlier, oh, you guys were talking about the dog squeal or whine. Yeah. And um, something that I just came into my mind for some reason, I think because I was listening to a song where it was mentioned, is Hellhound. Nice. Yes. So um, a hellhound, is, and this is mainly ripped off from Wikipedia, as well as another article that I uh, that, that I looked up. The um, now the, a lot of the the origins of the hellhound that are mentioned here are like uh, uh, the old British and Welsh and Irish words I can't say, even though it's supposed to be English. So I'm just gonna skip over some of those. I I I used to work with a girl. Her name was her, her name was spelled N I A M H. Okay. Now, how would you spell? How how would you pronounce that? Niam. Wrong. Niam. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> Neve. Like oh, interesting. Huh. Neve. Like yeah. And and she'd spell it. She'd say N I A M H or something like that. Huh. It's like, come on, that's not even fair. You can't like make up letters, but you know she was saying it in the I don't know I think it was Irish maybe old I don't know but um, I mean it, once you get used to it it's kind of cool but at first it's very disconcerting so I was running into these things like there's C W N and the W has like a little mark on top like a like if you ever had French it was the ones that would go over an O sometimes C W N and then A N N W N how the hell do you say that? So I'm just, I don't know. I'm sure there's a way to do it. I'm not the person who knows that. So when I skip over things, you'll know why. Okay. So back to enough of linguistics, back to the hellhound. Uh, so a hellhound is a supernatural dog in folklore. Um, a wide variety of ominous or hellish supernatural dogs occur in mythologies around the world. Features that have been attributed to hellhounds include mangled black fur, glowing red eyes, super strength and speed, ghostly or phantom characteristics, and a foul odor. Uh, certain European legends state that if someone share, stares into a hellhound's eyes three times or more, that person will surely die. You know what, though? Everybody will die. That was just a little parenthetical <laughs> thing there. Um, in cultures that associate the afterlife with fire, Hellhounds may have been fire may have fire-based abilities and appearance. They are often assigned to guard the entrances of the world of the dead, such as graveyards and burial grounds, or undertake other duties related to the afterlife or supernatural, such as hunting lost souls or guarding a supernatural treasure. In European legends, seeing a hellhound or hearing it howl may have been an omen of an omen or even a cause of death. Um so ooh, I'm skipping over some of these words I can't pronounce. Um, of course, in the, the most famous hellhound is mostly, uh, and I always say this name wrong. Is it Serbius from Greek mythology? Cerberus. Cerberus. See, told you. Um, hellhounds are also famous for appearing in northern northern European mythology and folklore as part of the wild hunt. 
These hounds are given several different names in local folklore, but they display typical hellhound characteristics. They are generally described as large, ferocious black dogs with glowing eyes and bared teeth. Um, in, in southern Mexico, there's also the folklore of the Cadejo, a big black dog that haunts travelers who work who walk late at night on rural roads. And the term is also common in American blues music, such as with Robert Johnson. Here he is again. Uh, his 1937 song, Hellhound on My Trail. So I, I think as I was listening to that, that's sort of what gave me inspiration <laughs> for, for nice. this. Um, so, uh, Josiah, what did you say was the name of the, the Scarecrow's like Boogeyman? Yeah, I think it was like Bavugis or something, Boogevam. Okay, because um, there's a list here. There's Barguest, Bargest, Bogest, hmm. Barguest, or Bowergest. Or something. At this point, I'm just like making noises up. Uh, <laughs> is the name often given in the north of England, especially in Yorkshire, to a legendary monstrous black dog with huge teeth and claws. Though, in other cases, the name can refer to a, a house or household, household elf. So it's kind of a wide range there. Like um, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Yes, don't say it three times. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of there. Oh, uh, let's see here. Oh, there was one of one that would take the form of a headless man who had vanished into flames, which I think if I could do that, I would do that all the time. Heck yeah. Just a, what a way what a way to make an exit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh or a headless it would or it could appear as a headless lady, a white cat, a dog, rabbit, or a black dog. Um, now that there's also, and, and I'm not going to go, but there's also, it's called black shock or old shock. Um, another, again, in, in other parts of England, uh, some of them have flaming red eyes and some can be as large as a horse. Jeez. Yeah. So sometimes black shock appears headless and other times to float on a carpet of mist. Uh, it often haunts grave graveyards, side roads, crossroads, and dark forests uh and there are even reports of black shock before the vikings wow so this is this is nothing new <laughs> um sometimes black shock will live them alone to live normal lives and sometimes it will v visit somebody as their uh relatives die or become ill uh it oftentimes is considered benign and even accompany women home uh accompany women on their way home in the role of a protector rather than an ill omen so um and i actually read a story one time about this where it was about you know black they just called them black dogs and how some of them were really large and there was a report of a woman who uh this dog sort of just walked up beside her just very non-threatening this big large dog and uh soon after it did she walked past this construction site or where men were working out in the middle of the country or something. And apparently these guys were saying all the things that they would do to her if that dog wasn't there. Oh, geez. So she got past the site and the dog just disappeared. Wow. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. Hmm. Um, let's see. Oh, here we go. And there's a good story. One of the most notable reports of black shock is one of his appearances at the churches of Bungay and something else in Suffolk. I don't know that word. Um, on, uh, on August 4th, 1577, at this place, Black Shuck is said to have burst through the church doors. He ran up to the nave, passed a large congregation, killing a man and boy, and causing wow. the church tower to collapse through the roof. As the Jeez. dog departed, he left scorch marks on the north door that remain to this day. Damn. Two, wow. two men were touched by the beast and fell down dead. 
Wow. Um, and let's see here. On the same day, yeah, it's just somebody talking. Oh, yeah, there, there was another church. Um, where was it here? Uh, oh, no, actually, it was the same event of the way, but somebody attributed the event to lightning or the devil. So one of the two. Yeah. Um, the, the scorch marks on the door referred to by locals as the devil's fingerprints. Jeez. And they're, they're uh, still there to this day, you say, Mike? Um, as of the time that I read this a week ago, yeah. Cool. Road trip. Yeah, heck yeah. Road trip. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, and here we go, Steve, my turn. <coughs> it's all good. I don't feel so bad, um, In Catalan myth, Dip is an evil, black, hairy dog, an emissary of the devil who sucks people's blood. Um, like other figures associated with demons in Catalan myth, he is lame in one leg. So there you go. <laughs> um, but uh, let's see here. So, oh, oh and here's, here's um, <laughs> it, it, there's a, a Welsh version here. Uh, they thought that these hounds of hell were owned by Satan. And they were associated with migrating geese, supposedly because their honking in the night is reminiscent of barking dogs. Oh, okay. So it's all coming around here. We've got scarecrows, we've got boogeymen, we've got geese and dogs. <laughs> so, um, so lots of this foreshadowing. Big dogs, big dogs. Um, oh, here we go. And there is a myth of one place of a headless dog said to be the spirit of an unbaptized child which rambles through the woods at night making wailing noises. Wailing noises. Maybe that's what you guys heard. Maybe. Oh. <laughs> um, excuse me. So, uh, in all this and, and to sort of tie it up, this, this song, uh, by the Robert Johnson song, that was described in an article called The Lynching Blues, Robert Johnson's Hellhound on My Trail as a lynching ballad. Uh, by Carlos K. Hill in 2015. And the idea was this song, Hellhound on My Trail. It was recorded, oh, uh, I should, in 1937. Uh, it says it's noted as blues, one of blues music's most terrifying songs. Um, in the song, it, it reads, I've got to keep moving. I've got to keep moving. Blues falling down like hail. Blues falling down like hail. And the days keep on minding me. There's a hellhound on my trail. The some of the interpretations of that are the legend of Robert Johnson making a deal with the devil to become a, a, a very talented guitar player and, and singer, which, which he was in his day. It seemed like overnight he acquired all these skills, and so hey, of course, the only reason was to make it. The only way he could do that was to make a deal with the devil. So um, as the devil's coming to collect his debt, that was a hellhound on his trail. So that would be kind of almost a literal way if you were looking at it. But there were some people thinking that uh, it could actually be tied to Robert Johnson's stepfather, uh, Charles Dodd, who was trying to escape lynching in Mississippi in 1909. And so uh, it says, rather than simply an ode to his deal with the devil, Johnson's Hellhound on My Trail can also be understood as a lynching ballad that describes grassroots responses to lynching, such as flight and anxieties that arise from perpetually fleeing mob violence. Jeez. 
Yeah, so it's entirely possible that this attempted lynching of his stepfather um, inspired the song because he was apparently a a pretty good furniture maker, and uh, that was something that you know, at that time that black men were not supposed to be successful. Not a furniture maker, successful. So um, the story goes that he escaped the lynch mob by disguising himself in women's clothing. And wow. uh, he even changed his name after leaving the area. So, um, yeah, so, you know, whether literal that, yeah, the devil's going to come and pick Robert Johnson up because <laughs> hey, it's time to pay the piper for the deal you got. Um, or it, it was possibly dealing with this rhetorical uh, or a figurative hellhound of, of lynching, chasing people and trying to escape from that. Uh, the hellhound is it, it, it's something that shows up a lot in, uh, in in literature, you know, in some form. You know, it's been you know, centuries it's been around. And uh, it still shows up in pop culture once in a while, too. And I know I keep going back to Supernatural. It was a, a recurring um, character in that show. They're the different hellhounds. So... Uh, yeah, it, it it pops up here and there, and um, just just the idea of you know something being a hellhound to me just seems really um, it, it's just an interesting thing. I hope I would never see one, unless yes. this one is protecting me as I'm walking along late at night. <laughs> Especially if they're as big as what was it you said as big as a horse? Some can be as big as a horse. Wow, right. right. But it seems that mostly that the most of the reports and the legends and the, the I will say the folklore of it uh, comes out of of England. It was just an amazing amount of it there. I mean, one or in, I should say, you know, like in the UK, um, not not just England, but uh, yeah, really really strong history of it there. But yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting, and that's that's all I got. That's very cool. Nice. Yeah, Those are thanks. both good ones. Okay, Steve, you got to finish this up strong now. Well, as we all know, you're, you're, I, you're, you're lucky you're ready to tap out. Like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> well, as we all know, I spent the last two weeks heavily researching my topic for tonight. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, I can definitely you. top that. No. <laughs> so, let um, me talk for the next twenty minutes about how good this will be. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so anyways, I, I just, there were two current events that were going on that I just wanted to bring to the table tonight, which, you know, would be of interest to you guys. Um, the first one, I, I don't know if you heard within the last week or so, the, uh, the house that inspired the conjuring in Rhode Island <laughs> just went on sale again. Yeah. Can we put our money together for this one, guys? Well, we need a hell of a lot. You know, it's, it's, it's on sale for $1.2 million this wow. time. Wow. Mm. When it was just purchased, what a year or two ago, for about four hundred thousand. Jeez. Um, and so, so doing a little research on it and everything, um, it sounds like everyone, you know, everyone's saying, "Oh, you know, they're exploiting it, you know, and whatever, whatever." And uh, which, <laughs> yes, yes, we are. Which, which, yes. <laughs> which is true. And even the current owners um, that that own it now are paranormal enthusiasts and ghost hunters mm -hmm. and that's why they bought it and they allow tours and they also just filmed that movie i, I know we've discussed it you know in, in podcasts you know recent podcasts that they filmed a movie called the uh sleepless unrest and uh did, yeah josiah were you here when we actually streamed that then yep. okay I, I couldn't remember if you were here that night or not but yeah so we actually watched it and it was uh it was pretty interesting they spent the two weeks in there and everything but uh 
I think coming on the heels of that, plus the notoriety of the place and everything, um, yeah, yeah, they tripled the price. But from what I <laughs> from what I had seen in Facebook comments and things like that, it sounded as though it wasn't necessarily the the owners, the couple that slapped that giant price tag on it. it I believe it was their agent that said, "Well, you know, this place is famous. This place will go for way more than you know what you mm-hmm. think it's worth." So they just slapped the huge price tag. Ask on for one point two million, settle for six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. or 800 but uh, they also I think there was also some strings along with it like the I, I believe the new owner had to agree to uh, I forgot what it was agree to either continue paranormal research of some kind or you know promise not to like you know demolish it and rebuild or just whatever whatever but hmm. so, yeah, I mean it's kind of a you could argue it's a historical landmark. True, true. I mean, in a different sense than we're used to, but yes, absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, it's famous. It, it's a 3,100 square foot house, and it's sitting on 8.5 acres. Um, now, that, that, that sort of house, you know, in Illinois would cost you know easily the four hundred thousand if not if not more sure. just because the the land and the size and everything sure makes you wonder if they're targeting like celebrities like zach baggins and people like that well and and that's the thing yes because uh with those conditions <laughs> that, that's what someone was saying the only person that could afford it and be able to to do that would be zach baggins uh, otherwise your average joe you know you can calculate okay if i charge 50 dollars a head have 20 people per night in here but you know you could you know, you could calculate the money and probably pay it off sooner. You know what? We, we've 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 got some family in. I think it's, I think like Western Springs, that area around you know the Chicago suburbs. Okay. They live in a, in a I'll say a modest house, and they didn't tell us how much the house cost, and I really don't remember. Maybe if they did, but on their block there are some larger houses, and and they're a million bucks. Oh yeah, and these are nice houses. But they're like in the middle of a city block. It, it's it's like okay, it's a house. Yep, downtown Naperville. It, it, yeah, this one comes with what what three thousand square feet. Yeah, and and uh, eight and a half acres. Yeah, I mean, okay, it's location, location, location. But <laughs> it's it you're not buying a shack, right? Yeah. 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 I'm not so, saying 1.2 million is worth it either, but you know. <laughs> no, you're right. But so, anyways, that that was just something that something that crossed my radar over the past mm. week. I figured I'd bring up. Um, the other one is, uh, I don't know if you were aware of this. You probably were. Yesterday was National uh, Paranormal. Was it National Paranormal? Uh, National Ghost Hunting Day. Yesterday was. Really. And, uh, yeah, yeah. How actually. did I not know that? <laughs> did you seriously not I see seriously did. I'm, I don't know. Well, I, I had seen I had seen people making sleeping. posts leading up to it and everything, and but uh, I wanted to bring up that they staged the world's largest ghost hunt on National Ghost Hunting Day, which this year was September 25th, yesterday, and uh, or the 26th. What? Yeah, 25th. But in anyways, so this year's world's largest ghost hunt, I guess it grows every single year. But I had noticed a few weeks ago that uh, 
all these locations were being added to the list of places that were going to go live simultaneously on, you know, National Ghost Hunting Day. And uh, it looks like, you know, I, I was thinking, I, I don't know exactly what the process is, but I know that being affiliated with a haunted building and conducting tours, we could have probably got Conover on the live stream for, for this thing. Um, I guess, and I'm not sure exactly how it works. I know that you can register and uh, live stream from your place, but they, the coordinator or the, the, the website or, or wherever it's hosted by, you can go on there and watch the live streams of the different famous locations and things like that. But some of them have, you have to pay to view the live stream. Some of the locations uh. actually had, you know, the para celebrities uh, hosting from there. So for instance, the conjuring house that we just discussed um, did a live stream last night and Johnny Zaffis was there as well as mm. uh, uh, Jason Hawes daughter Satori and Jason from taps ghost hunters. Mm-hmm. Her and another guy were doing part of that live stream. I was I was flipping through a lot of the pair of celebrities were at the different locations. I also clicked on tickets just to see, and some of the live streams were anywhere from twenty five dollars to seven dollars to whatever. But looking through this list of uh, the available locations, um, you know the, the the very first one is the Ancient Ram Inn in uh, in England. Yeah, was, that was on an early Ghost Hunter, Hunter or Ghost Adventures episode. Yeah, um, yeah, it had a like a succubus in there or whatever. And did they take a warlock in there? To uh, they do did. Something? They did to uh, try and yeah. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's funny, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so, anyways, it, it just it just piqued my interest because that's something that we could consider for next year is doing a live stream from here. That'd be fun. Yeah. And, and I think you can use a different platform. You know, you can maybe do it even as a Facebook Live, but that your Facebook Live has to be hosted through their website so that they can mm. charge appropriately. Or uh, there is like a registry and a map so you can say, oh, is there anything in my area that's doing something for oh, okay. National Ghost Hunting Day? And then you can say, oh, Conover is doing it. Huh. And then tune into the live stream. So. I, I think that's a, a neat idea, but do a bunch of places that are live streaming their ghost hunts to a central place constitute the world's largest ghost hunt? Uh, well, technically, if if everyone watch, well, so so get this, so everyone tuning into the live stream, uh, they're, they're calling them part of the ghost hunt. So everyone watching is part of the investigation. So if you have a hundred people watching your investigation, they're all investigating with you as well as all the other locations are doing this. And uh, so technically at some given time throughout the day, you know, nationally it's, you know, they're seven hours ahead in Europe, you know, at some point there's a ton of people ghost hunting all at the same time. And did it speak to how well attended it was or I don't know the results, but they did say each year it grows. And I was looking at the list on Facebook of the locations and there are 120 uh, pictures of different locations. Hmm. Like I said, ancient Ram Inn, uh, other ones, the conjuring house you recognize 
they were doing a live stream from the Great Pyramids of Egypt. Wow. Uh, Leap Castle, cool. Ohio State Reformatory. So, I, you know, some of these places are very, you know, world-renowned, you know, if, if not locally. But some of them I've never heard of and probably no one else has either. So, to slap Conover, <laughs> to slap Conover on the list, you know. That would have been cool. I've heard of that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Cornwall at War Museum in... Uh, in the United Kingdom, uh, yeah, yesteryear village Riddle House. Well, I have heard of the Riddle House, but but yeah, just in general, the, the McPike Mansion. Um, yeah, so it hmm. might be some might be something to consider for the future. And and if you're doing a location by then, you know, you never know. You could always sign up and do it with us. Yeah, I just I don't know. I'm 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 still trying to get my mind around. <sighs> What yeah. constitutes somebody participating in a ghost hunt? Well, well, so if they're watching, they might spot something that the investigators don't see at the time, and they can say, "Hey, I just saw something move, or I just heard this noise that we didn't hear." And you know, technically, but they're part of your investigation. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's like having a team out in the truck, right? Watching sure. a live video feed in the sure, exactly, yeah, the ghost uh, lab. Yeah. Hey, it's it's like the person sitting at base monitoring the DVR cameras, you know? Okay. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> I, I do agree it's a little bit gimmicky, but I think it's kind of cool That's that this year, this year they yeah. had 120 simultaneous live streams all going on at once. That's a lot. That's a lot. It is. Yeah. Yep. You know, it gets, gets some interest out there. And, and not everybody's able to go somewhere right. and experience it too, so... True, oh, and um, some people that that are just maybe, you know, interested, but oh, I'd be too scared to do that. You know, this is a way for them to participate without going. Oh, it looks like Edinburgh Manor had one. Huh, cool. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Well, that one was hosted by Riverside Iowa Paranormal, who does the uh, the haunted YMCA. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think Madison had something to do with one of the investigations last night, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe not. I know she's. She's doing uh, haunted house. Okay, so like the haunted YMCA. I'm thinking that'd be great to like dress up like like village people zombies. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and and go there. That would be. That's all I, I got. I don't know if people would get the joke, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, our, our listeners would get it. But I'm saying the people there would be like, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> They're lost. <laughs> They're lost. Yeah, but. And interestingly, interestingly enough, uh, coinciding with this was the the Van Meter Visitor Festival, Festival out in Iowa. Oh, yeah. Uh, as well as, uh, what else was going on? The Freak Out at the Fowler, which is, the Fowler House was one of the uh, locations, but it's a big paranormal conference in Indiana on, oh. on this weekend as well. Huh. So I guess this is the time to do things, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I just, that would have been the time to do things that, that, that came across my radar. And I just wanted to discuss, you know, a couple that of cool. things going on. Yeah. yeah I, I'd have to dig a little bit more into the logistics of it and exactly how they manage it and run it. But just it's a neat kind of concept, uh, you know, I guess, you know, anything that gets people involved and interested and uh, exposure to new places is, is kind of cool. Um, I I don't know if I want to spend seven or twenty five dollars to watch a a, a live stream because I mean you guys know what those live streams are like. Yeah, um, it's a whole lot of nothing. You see some dust and then like some 
jerky people walk not like the people are jerks <laughs> but like jerkily you know <laughs> the, yeah. the stuttering video feed as as people are walking through and disappearing and Oh, yeah. Sort of like watching a DVR footage of eight hours. It's like, oh, my God, kill me now. <laughs> I would much rather be on the recording and investigating end than, yeah. Yeah. than the watching yeah. from home. But Yeah, yeah, definitely. But but for those who can't, you know, it's like, uh, I guess it's something. Yep. But aren't there like a bunch of, and I, at one time I used to look for these things. Yeah. Um, Par- Paranormal Warehouse does, has live streams daily if if not every weekend okay yep yeah knew exactly what i was gonna go to yeah yep so 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 (laughs) this is a this is a steady thing it's just on the one night they're trying to get thousands if not millions of people all Hmm. all investigating all at once you know it'd be interesting to see what the uh what the final numbers were then whenever they're all you know what i will check into that yeah i'll check into that and see if i can bring something to the next recording and give you those results Whenever that next recording might be, it might be a month. It might be next week. <laughs> I hope not. Well, we, we we've got to get our interview done before Halloween. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. definitely do that because uh, I'm re- really looking forward to that. So that, that'll be that'll be pretty cool. Th- th- this is an interview though. I, I potentially could be like like we might have to edit this one down. Oh really? I I, I think if this person gets on a roll. They could go for like two hours or more. Wow. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe I'm, it's a two-parter. Save I'm one not, for next Halloween. I'm not going to be the one to cut this person off. So, you know. No. Watch your step. Yep. And now everybody's thinking, wow, who could this be? Well, <laughs> you're just going to have to wait and find out. Yep. Tell your friends. You can have a, have a pool together. <laughs> speaking speaking of having a pool, we we watched Cabin in the Woods last night in her office. Have you ever seen that movie? Is 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 that the okay? That is the one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because when you say that, I'm like, because that that movie went completely sideways part way through. I'm like, what the hell is this? Well, no, all, all the yeah. hints were there the whole time. It's just at, when it clicks, you're like. Oh yeah. shit! Uh, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like, like, what in the world? Yeah, it, and yeah, it was, it was it was kind of wild. Yeah, we'll try to yeah, it, 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 spoilers. It was not tra- yeah. It's not your traditional. No, and ex- um, that's exactly how I build it movie. to Josiah. I yeah. said, this is completely unique. You've never seen anything like it. And uh, right, yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's there's a meme now of that too. Or guess, well, yeah, yes, that him standing in front of the board. The uh, yeah, yeah, the pool. Yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> and i actually um spent a couple a couple nights here in the last week or so uh watching because i don't know why i felt i needed to do this watch some rob zombie movies oh okay huh, cool those are pretty good I, you know it wasn't bad but uh, there was I, I watched house of a thousand corpses love it that's devil's rejects yeah devil's rejects was okay yeah, it was kind of like okay we, we kind of have to to do this i didn't and like devil's rejects as much as house of a thousand corpses but people yeah. swear by that movie as the best one of the three well and then yeah was it lords of say or lords of salem wait best of the three now what was the other one uh the third one was called uh, i can't remember right off the top of my head what it's called but i think it was okay. just a uh pay-per-view release it wasn't in theaters and it 
Did, and, okay. and I think he, he may have uh, crowdsourced the funding to film it and everything. Oh. Well, well, Lords of Salem was the other one. Okay. And it was sort of a... Uh, uh, it was it was different. I mean, it, it didn't fall in line with the other two. But uh, it, it's, it's like, <laughs> you know, like certain directors or filmmakers have their little trademark things or hallmarks like actually i don't think lords of you know anyway um like like alfred hitchcock would always like appear in a movie somewhere in in his movies or uh jj abrams has lens flare everywhere or whatever i don't know that that's his thing but it just seems like it i I can certainly tell you what rob zombies is that's for sure (laughs) yeah like his the top of his wife's butt crack (laughs) or just sherry moon zombie being a character in every single one of the movies but but it seems like it, it seems like like her butt crack has to show up. I mean, it, 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 but it's very funny because, like, specifically the top of her butt crack. I don't know. It would just seem funny, but um, I don't know where that came from. So, but, so th- uh, but yeah, horror movies. Yeah, that those those were interesting. Yeah, House House of a Thousand. Oh, the House so of a Thousand the- Corpses. When I was teaching, somebody showed that in school to high schoolers. Wow. Jeez. Wow. <laughs> you idiot. Um, yeah, it was like the principal's away for a week, and it's like, hey, Halloween, oh, let's show a treat to the kids. <laughs> and she came, principal came back and said, what was somebody, I got a call from a parent, somebody showed a movie of the, the Thousand Corpses. And I'm like, I mean, there are lines you don't cross. Right. Yeah, and showing right. that in school is definitely one of those lines. When I heard it was happening, I'm like, you know, it's your funeral, man. Yeah. But, um, so I'm like, you know, finally, what, like 10, 12, 15 years later, I finally get to see the movie. I'm like, oh, okay. That was worth the wait. It it, it, it was a great movie. It, and it was, yeah. The uh, the three movies, they're, they're referred to as the Fire, Firefly Trilogy because they were the Firefly, Firefly family. But it was House of, uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, The Devil's Rejects. The last one was called Three from Hell. Three from Hill. I do remember hearing and, about and, that. And now. actually, I didn't buy it on pay-per-view. I signed up for a Shutter subscription, and it was available on oh. Shutter for free. Okay, so that's, how, that's how I saw it. And it, it was. I, I know we're not critiquing it, but I the uh, it was a lot more like the second one than it was the first one. You know. Ah. Uh, yep. Okay. Yeah. Did you watch? Did you watch Thirty One while you were on your Rob Zombie kick? No. No, I did That's not. Another one of his. I, I, I kind of, I didn't. I started getting into this like kind of late in the week, and I'm like, okay, let me see what I can do. Just so yeah. throw that out there. It, it's pretty good, but it'll, uh, it'll, the concept will remind you of other movies. Is all I'll say. What, what did you think of his Halloween movies? I thought they were pretty good. Yeah, I liked them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was definitely a, different. A angle, little bit, a different take. A little bit grittier than the Absolutely. John Carpenter ones. Yeah. I, I like was? seeing Michael Myers as a kid, though. I thought that was... Yeah. That was cool. Yep. That kid actually showed up in... I think it was Hancock. Okay. He, he, was, he was like the bully. Okay. And he kind of got he got his ass handed to him. I'm pretty sure it was Hancock. He was, and I'm like, hey, that's Michael Myers. But, <laughs> it was just like a real quick thing. So... Oh, well, so yeah, Halloween is coming too. So it's it, it, our, our the scariest time of the year. Spooky season. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Uh, do we have anything else to ramble on about? Uh, if anybody's listening 
and you want to do something <laughs> no, really nobody's cool. listening josiah sorry <laughs> well, i'm, I'm sorry. saying anybody out there that's got their ears open um check out the galena halloween parade steve introduced it to me i think three years ago mm. you have to see this that's all i can say check it out is it streaming online uh, I'm sure they probably do. Um, okay, I don't know. You know I'm just COVID <laughs> crowd, but yeah, it's October 30th. Um, it, and, it was canceled last year, so yeah. this is the first one in two years now. Yeah, so it, it, mm. I think it's going to be good. Hopefully, it, hopefully it stays on. You know, who knows what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks? But definitely okay. check it out. Galena Halloween Parade. Yes, sir. And get okay. there, get there early, and yeah. plan on parking a ways away because. I think 25,000 people descend on the town for this festival every every year. Wow. Yeah. Yep. And it's not a really big town. No. <clears throat> no. Wow. Okay. But yeah, it's well worth the trip. Cool. Little little tease there. Awesome. I have to ch- think about that. I don't think I will be able to make it in person. <laughs> you'll be in spirit with us it's, there you go. it's all about spirit yeah all right so that'll be neat um okay well are we ready to roll out of here yeah i think so crawl or tri- out or trip over my cords out of here <laughs> <laughs> fight with that damn chair yeah you hate you chair okay so um if you would like to get in touch with us, I, I should just like record this so I can paste it in. There you go. I wanted to say it, but I don't even have to think. It just comes out now. Uh, if you'd like to contact us, you can uh, contact us at, uh, and now I'm saying that I can't remember what it is. In our, is it contact? Contact. Par- yeah, here we go. Thank you. See, I'm good. Info at par. Jesus, H tap dance. It's. <laughs> <laughs> you are right to laugh. You're right to laugh. Peril1contact at gmail.com. Woohoo! If you are interested in being on the show uh, as, as a guest, then you can reach out to us at peril1booking at gmail.com. Both of those are with the number one, peril1. Um, there's paranormal1.com and the Facebook page, as well as Bartell and Henson Paranormal on Facebook, Rock River Area Paranormal Society, also on Facebook, or conoverghosts.com to find out more and contact and all that happy stuff. Um, all right, guys. Well, hey, it was a good time. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right. So, um, Thanks, everybody, for listening. And again, you know, if you uh, want to let us know what you think, please reach out and shoot us a message. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you. So until next time, we will see you in the dark. Good times. Good times. <laughs>